Good evening or afternoon. Welcome to the Music Survival Guide podcast, where we discuss music and all things joyous. Joe, how are you? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. Again, eternally cold as we're heading closer and closer towards Christmas. But uh, I suppose it is the season. How are you doing, mate? I'm 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 good. Yeah, I'm also cold. Uh, on the day we are recording, <laughs> at least we're in different parts of the country. But in, here in London, it was particularly cold this morning, and it was yeah, not very nice. But should we have a temperature off? I wouldn't know what the temperature was, so I can, well, I can guess at minus twenty. <laughs> my, <laughs> I dare say that's a slight exaggeration. Centi- centigrade? Yes, that's what we use in the UK. I can't be doing with this Fahrenheit nonsense. It makes no sense to me. So, Joe, what have you been up to lately? Uh, so, the last few days, I've been mixing a track for an artist called Luke Stevenson, who uh, I actually know listens to this podcast. So, hello, hi, Luke. Hope this isn't weird that we're talking through the medium of a podcast. But yeah, really enjoyed uh, working on that and uh, sent it off yesterday. So, Ooh. looking forward to seeing what he thinks of it. Can I ask you a really weird question that you have to answer one way? Did it sound good? Go on. Did you mix it well? Yeah, it sounds amazing. <laughs> I'd be more intrigued if you said no. I, it, I did a terrible job. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I expected you to say to that. So, Joe, what are we? <laughs> what, what are we talking about today? So we are talking about preparing for the recording studio. Oh, it's something that we touched upon a little bit last week because it kind of fed into the whole not having a meltdown in the studio. And part of that was preparing. But in this episode, I think there's loads more places to explore, loads of places to go in depth and discuss. Specifics. Yeah, some of the specifics of um, of preparing for a recording session. Hmm. So um, I think there's probably, in, in my sort of mind, um, three areas of preparation which we will go into in detail there's practical um preparations um which is all your kind of physical gear and stuff uh physical preparations which is more around rehearsal and then psychological preparations which is a bit more of an elusive one um but we can deal with each of them in turn but i guess uh probably the the most important and first question to ask is why prepare um what what is so important about preparing for the recording studio well I think the overarching thing, and it's something that is pretty unavoidable, is budget. Not everyone is on a huge budget, so you want to make the most out of your recording session. The better you prepare, the better your recording session is going to turn out. Whether that be you get the most for your money or your creative output or the thing you put out is the best it can possibly be. Mm. We've been saying this a good last few weeks is that the studio is expensive. Yeah, And the phrase I have said, maybe for the last five episodes, is time is money in the studio. <laughs> yeah, but I think you, you get out what you put in. Oh, yes, you do. So... What do you mean by that? So putting in the... I was going to say hard yards. They're not hard yards. All these things, to be honest, are just pretty sensible, not that strenuous things to do. As long as you're, you know, dare I say it, prepared and organised... These aren't things you really should be too worried about uh, completing doing. Mm. So I think sometimes some of our episodes are more pick and choose what you find appropriate and applicable. But I'm going to go out there and say I think 
everything we are suggesting in this particular episode is key for absolutely everyone who enters the studio. I, w- I would genuinely go that far. Yeah. That if you miss some of this, you might not have as good a time recording. There's also something to say for if, you know, we say something and it's something that you may not have been prepared or might have caught you off guard when you've been in the studio before. This is not to say, you know, you are unprepared and stuff like that. A lot of the time, these things you can discover on the day or as they happen. Whereas because me and Phil have been there, done that, got the 30,000 band t-shirts of people we've recorded. We want to kind of give you the heads up of what you might need to look out for so you don't fall into the same traps that we've seen other people do. Hmm. I thought you were going to say we had a medal. Do you not have the, do you, do you not have the medal? I've got the medal. Oh, no, I just got the t-shirt. I, I just got the t-shirt. Oh, well. No, I've got band, band medals. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what I mean by that. Um, <laughs> so I think the other, the other it, it may be important thing to, to point out of, of why bother preparing um, is that it will help you, um, you know, it will help you get the best out of it and it will help you ultimately kind of save money by, by that kind of thing. But it will help you um, be a lot, um, I don't think, I don't know how to say this, it make you be a lot um, smoother in the studio, make everything go quicker and easier. Um, and it's about making your time in the studio stress-free or as stress-free as possible. Yeah, I think it will alleviate a lot of nerves and anxiety going in as well. Mm. So if you know that you have everything sorted and you haven't got to worry about will X, Y and Z turn up with the right things or have what I got prepared, is that going to be good enough? If you know going in that you go, right, I'm sorted, I know what I'm doing, this is a plan of action, it will make the whole build-up and the experience of it a lot more fun mm. and ultimately the studio should be fun which i'm fairly sure something we said a lot about last week yeah um if you're not having fun in the studio it's it's just not going to be it well obviously it's not going to be an enjoyable experience um but that will probably reflect in the kind of record you get mm-hmm. so moving on i think we should move on to the first one which is practical preparations and i kind of want to lift off with with this that I've got written down. And that is, and Phil might agree or disagree with me on this, is that saving money on instrument care and setup is a total false economy. Yes, 100% (laughs) agreement. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes, so much so. Um, If you um, get your mate Barry, who has, you know, set up his own guitar once and it was all right, um to to yeah set up your guitar or whatever it is um now barry may be great but chances are he's probably not um (laughs) i don't know why barry and (laughs) if you get into the studio and your guitar isn't um intonated intonated is that the right word intonated yeah intonated yeah good um so uh for anyone who doesn't know that's that's if you play say an open e string and then you go up to the 12th fret um and it's it's off it's not an it's not a perfect e um you're gonna have a hard time you're gonna have a really hard time in the studio and um you you it won't matter you know if you're going through the most expensive marshal ever made um if it's not quite in tune with itself it's not going to be a good recording uh a hundred percent yeah the same tends to go for drums bass you know strings brass you name it like i think i mentioned last week is a bad sounding drum kit 
with the world's most expensive recording gear just sounds like a really high definition bad sounding <laughs> drum kit i can't stress yes. that enough that no matter how much money you throw at it afterwards whether that be in producers or engineers who say they can fix it or you know saying that oh well uh, this guy's won, won a grammy so he'll be able to sort this get it right at source please it's the most important thing. So yeah, it is a total false economy because you're much better off spending that small amount of money to get the problem fixed or get prepared properly before you start spending a large amount of money on studios, mix engineers, mastering mm. engineers. That relatively small investment right at the start will make a phenomenally huge difference towards the end. Yes. So... If you're the guitar player, make sure your guitar is properly set up. And by that, I mean someone who knows what they're doing, someone who maybe it's even their full-time job to do that kind of thing. Make sure your guitar has new strings. Make sure you have spare strings with you. Uh, same thing goes for the bass. Um, make sure it's set up. Make sure there's new strings. Um, speaking as a bass player, I know lots of bass players who refuse to buy new strings because <laughs> they like that, you know, that kind of old string tone. Um, it... it I could try and argue with you. All I'll say is it doesn't sound as good. If you want that kind of that kind of tone, buy some flat wound bass strings um, because they they have that slightly more plonky tone. But they're new strings, so they're going to sound better. Um, drums. Uh, make sure if you make sure you get new uh, drum heads um, because an over hit drum head that's that's five years old isn't going to sound very good. Um, no, like we mentioned as well last week ask the engineer or producer because they're going to know what what you need to prepare for mostly because well one i i hope that the person you've hired um and it certainly is the case if you're hiring me and phil is we we have a vision of what we want the thing to turn out like so we're gonna know if we want flat wound or round wound bass strings that would sound good for the song or we know what to recommend for uh drum skins to kind of get the sound that we know that you're after and we're trying to translate that into a real world recording scenario hmm. so asking an engineer is by far or, or producer for that fact is by far the best way to know what you need to prepare yes and if you're um truly truly poor um but you've managed to scrape the money together to go to a in inverted commas proper recording studio most studios do have a roster of um, guitars and basses and drums. Mm -hmm. um, it may be an extra cost, but that's something to work out with whoever your producer is. Um, but if you really haven't got the money or maybe you haven't got the time to get your guitars properly set up and your drums properly set up, that is something worthy of consideration. Yeah, uh, Most studios have a good selection of instruments. It is definitely worth making sure that they do have that selection, though. Don't assume that they do. Yes. I've seen it a few times where people have turned up to studios expecting things to be there and the studio said, well, we've, we've never had one of them. Why did you think that? Again, speak with your producer, whoever that may be, mm -hmm. um, about that before you enter the studio. So make sure you're both on the same page. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, uh, another quick segue. If you do want a quick guide on how to prepare for the studio, I have an ebook. So if you'd like to email joe at nevisaudio.com, Ask me for the how to prepare for recording ebook. I'll happily send that on over to you free of charge. Ooh, fancy. Mm. <laughs> One other avenue 
is that, and I've just thought of it now, is to ask other bands in your scene what to expect. If you've not been into a studio before, or maybe you've been into a smaller studio and this is the first time working in a big studio, reach out to other bands that you know have recorded there. Ask them what went well, what went wrong, did anything you have that didn't work? Is there something we should prepare for specifically? They will be the best reference points, probably aside from your producer, but still a very good one for what you need to take into the studio and what you kind of need to keep an eye out for. Because they might have a completely different perspective from the producer of what is considered the foundations. Mm. So a producer might just assume that you have X, Y, Z, whereas a local band in your scene might go, oh, well, actually, yeah, they didn't have pedal power supplies. So you're going to have to bring your own or you're going to have to go to Tesco, Sainsbury's or whatever and buy nine volt batteries on the way. So yeah, I think asking local bands in your scene or other people who've recorded at the studio is a really good way to gauge what you might need to prepare. So that's a great tip because I, you, you just, I think as a band entering the studio for the first time, you wouldn't necessarily think, do they have pedal power? Pedal power. <laughs> it's, it's just little things like that that are genuinely worth considering. Dare I say it, the pedal power thing comes from experience. <laughs> Ooh, bitter experience. All I'm saying now is I bring pedal power to every session I do. <laughs> and fair. about three times more than is ever needed. Also fair. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess the next thing to, to consider is um, what, what I've kind of labelled physical preparations. Um, <laughs> Which, you know, you could, is probably a better um, description for that. Um, but the, the primary thing to think about is rehearse, 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 rehearse. If you go into the studio and you don't know your parts, um, that is a good way to potentially cause an argument. <laughs> if everyone else has rehearsed their parts and you do not know what you're necessarily doing, that is also a good way to cause an argument. Um, go in knowing your songs backwards. Uh, and if I'm going to be brutal about it, I think there's no excuse. Um, I know people are busy. I know it's the 21st century and there's lots of distractions. But if your music is important to you, you've got time to get it right for a recording. Mm -mm. I want to lead off with a, with a quote on this point. I don't know who it's attributed to, but it's just something that really, really stuck in my memory. And when I was doing session bass work in university... It was actually a quote that I had on my um, bedroom wall. And that is, don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. Ooh. And it's that mantra that actually led to me probably getting my first paid job as a bass player. I mean, this is going slightly off topic from being a producer and mixer. But for those that don't know, is before I kind of got into the whole producing and mixing thing, I did a little bit of session bass work when I was in uni and kind of coming out of it. And I got a call from a friend down in London. I was in Huddersfield at the time. And he said, uh, hey, Joe, yeah, there's this, uh, there's this function gig. Um, do you want to come down and play? And I want to make something clear that this guy didn't actually know my bass playing he just knew i was a bass player and knew me as a person and it's that thing of being a good hang and he was like oh joe just a sound guy and mm. he's a bass player we'll see if he can come down and audition for what turned out to be a very big session job it was you know led to 
a full tour um, with with quite a quite a known artist. Oh. But those three songs were really really simple bass parts, and I mean horrendously simple, laughably simple. We're talking if you're doing like the grade thing, maybe grade two bass parts. But I practiced them, and I mean I was a I was a very good bass player. Very rarely will I toot my horn, but I was a very, very good, competent bass player. I practiced them until I physically couldn't get it wrong, until it was ingrained in my head that I was having insomnia because all I could think about were those bass parts. But when I went down there, I was nervous. There were session musicians I recognized, and it was an unfamiliar environment. But because I practiced it so much, it was just instinct. I didn't have to think about it. So it is that notion of I wasn't practicing to get it right. I was practicing until I physically could not get it wrong. And in that scenario, if I hadn't have done that, I might have fallen to pieces. Mm. I think you're right. What you touched upon there is instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting it right until you don't have to actively think about the song. Um, and probably it's harking back to an episode we've done before. If you have the ability to do demos, um, that is a great way of very quickly creating um, a set of files that each band member can go away and rehearse to. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's the obvious point that in, in most bands, the way you rehearse a song is you all play together. But it may be that when you're rehearsing for the studio, some people need to go through different songs more than others because some of them are more challenging than others. Um, and having a demo where you can each just do the song as many times as you need without annoying anybody um, is a, a great way forward. Mm-hmm. Even a lower budget version of that is there's a free app on, you know, whether you've got an iPhone or Android phone or whatever. I'm sure there's a free version on both of just a metronome. So find out what the click track is in rehearsals, mm. find what the metronome is and sit and practice to a metronome. That is by far one of the important things. Don't press it 10 BPM slower than have the fright of your life when that click track comes in <laughs> for the first time when you hit record and go, oh, as you realise you can't play it at that speed. <laughs> that would be an awkward moment. Um, and yes, to answer any, anyone's internal questions, playing to a click track is really boring, but it's going to create a great record at the end of it. So mm-hmm. stop complaining and get on with it. <laughs> Furthermore to that as well is if you're tracking live, so you're you know doing the old school thing of big recording studio and there might be four or five of you and you're laying all the foundations down so like drums and bass and guitars all in the same room then the performance is by far the most important factor over anything else so having that really really tight rehearsed sound and coming into the studio with that mentality of we can physically not get this song wrong yeah then you can get it to the point where you just kind of can knock out songs one after the other and you're going to get the best recording that's the most important thing as well Mm. so my favorite um fact about black sabbath (laughs) that's come out of nowhere hasn't it um is their first album i don't know if you know about their first album um so it's eight eight tracks because it's old school vinyl in done in 1970 um and they quite famously recorded the whole thing in a day and then mixed the whole thing in a day because they had no money. Um, but the only way they could do that, the only way they could knock out eight songs, quite complicated songs because they're quite bluesy, um, in a day is that they knew their songs so well 
they gigged together for ages and they'd done loads of um, various events and rehearsals and all sorts. Um, and that's the only way you can even think about uh, recording that quickly. It's the only way you can think about getting it right. Um, it, it prob- I think in the first ta- first take for a lot of those songs, that it was that was the one they used. Um, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same goes as well for maybe guitar tones and same with like drum tuning kind of having those things prepared and having i'm not saying the finished article because ultimately if you're working with a producer they may you're, you're paying them to tweak it and make it slightly better but kind of having a ballpark idea of going in and going well i kind of want to use these two pedals or you know especially the night before if you can tune your drums and kind of get them settled in it's not something you want to be doing an hour before recording ideally no so yeah, those those are the types of things. And just one further thing I was going to say, just random tip that really doesn't correlate to anything else, is if you're a singer, try to avoid dairy. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is a great one. Um, I've actually, I've never talked about it on my on, on the podcast, um, but I have a very, very underloved blog <laughs> on my website that I used to post in a lot, and I really should restart. And I've actually got one called Tips for Preparing for the Studio. And there was a very specific part about singers and avoiding dairy. So I may link to that in the show notes. And now I've mentioned it, I 100% will link to it in the show notes. <laughs> okay, shall we move on to the third one? Yeah. So this is, uh, I think, a bigger one than people give it credit for. I think it's more important than, than people realise. And that is kind of the psychological preparations that you need to, that you need to make. So... I mean, the obvious ones are kind of getting a good rest before recording. Don't go out and get, you know, smashed the night before, uh, even if you're nervous. But the the whole aspect of just being in the right headspace is really, really important. Mm. So especially if, you know, you're working away in a residential studio like I sometimes do, where you can be away for 20 days at a time, it's really important that even if the weather's horrible outside, you kind of go for a walk. If you can go for a run, go for a run. If you don't really, if, you know, going outside is the worst possible thing, it's like an apocalypse outside, then download a free (laughs) yoga app and just do a bit of yoga. But having that correct attitude towards mental health, which I know is a very serious topic in itself, so I don't want to delve too too deep into something i don't feel all that qualified talking about but giving yourself that that little edge and preparing yourself mentally for the studio is really important yes exercise is a great way of um straightening out your mind um i don't really know how to phrase that any less <laughs> awkwardly um personally when i'm feeling sort of stressed and everything's everything's happening my favourite thing to do is go for a really long walk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my absolute favourite thing to do. And it's, it's, being, it's, it's that mixture of being outside, except when it's really horrible weather, um, and a bit, of, a bit of exercise. It just kind of helps clear your mind um, in a really amazing way. So if exercise is not your thing for whatever reason, go for a walk, because everyone can go for a walk. Uh, it'll make, you'll feel so much more relaxed and calmer afterwards. Um, but I think another, another thing to do to make sure you do is get a good night's sleep. Um, it, it's, it, it's, I know it sounds a bit like mother telling you to go to bed early, but if you can, <laughs> go to bed early. <laughs> it, 
if you turn up to the studio on the first day and you've had four hours sleep because you've been out at the pub or you know you've you've been playing games or whatever it is you're just not going to give your best performance and you're probably going to be grumpy as well so you're going to bring everyone's mood down yeah um so a good night's sleep is so important yeah i think that's an that's an interesting thing you've raised there is that you're not going to be fun to be around if you're not quite in the right headspace to record you kind of like we were talking about last week avoiding a studio meltdown probably the one of the best ways to do it is making sure you're well rested you've had not a big thing that we haven't touched on having a proper breakfast is huge yes i can guarantee if i've ever recorded someone and the drummer's feeling a little bit off because it tends to be at the first first uh instrument you record that morning there's been times when i've gone out of interest have you had any breakfast today and i go no or i had 12 Kit Kats on the way. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's not going to put you in a good mood. Cause, well, because also, especially with something like recording drums, and the same extent goes to any instrument, really, is you're exerting energy. Yes. Treat it like you would a sport. You wouldn't go and, you know, pay, play football without eating proper breakfast or you wouldn't go and like go on a long distance run so treat it the exact same way make sure you have like a proper breakfast and just start the day off right mm. it's it's so essential if if you're not psychologically prepared you're not going to have a good time <laughs> mm-hmm. so i guess treat it if you have a, a day job i don't know an office job whatever it would be Treat it like that. Treat it like you've got a really, really important meeting that you're preparing for at work. Um, and you've got to be well rested and you've got to not be grumpy. And you've, you've got to be well prepared. Harking back to what we've been talking about. <laughs> it, just, it just reminds me, of if, any, if there are any football fans listening to this, uh, so for context, I'm a Cardiff City fan, so I'm a big fan of Neil Warnock, which I know might turn off half of our listeners. <laughs> but he's got quite a famous... <laughs> He's got quite a famous quote, which is, uh, and remember, have fun, but have fun by being disciplined, <laughs> which, <laughs> which makes no sense whatsoever. But I kind of get the sentiment that he's aiming for. I would say I care that you're a Cardiff City fan, but I don't because I don't like football. So there we are. <laughs> well, if we have any Swansea fans on, then we may have lost them. But well, that's a shame. I feel like that's quite a niche. Is it niche? Well... Messages, messages, and let us know. Is it niche? <laughs> I don't know the 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 band Swansea ratio. <laughs> is <laughs> is it a thing? I don't know. Um, so I, I guess another thing to prepare for, um, and it's it's a hard one to prepare for, is to keep calm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of hard one to explain this. Um, so. Like we said about, you know, exercise, it's it's a way of calming down. Um, but if you can, on the night before, not desperately practice your parts, um, I, I would genuinely say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like um, like preparing for an exam. You remember what that was like in school? Don't cram. Don't cram. Don't sit there the night before and go, I must learn all this information now, even though I've revised it seven <laughs> times, eight times that's not going to help. It's just going to stress you out and it's going to give you a bad night's sleep. See our earlier comment on sleep. Um, What you need to do is you need to find something that is relaxing but fun. Whatever that is for you. 
that that is exercise for a lot of a lot of people that could be watching a film um just just something i I don't know whatever it may be something kind of relaxing and enjoyable again on that theme of keeping calm and it's something to definitely prepare and i recommend it is if there's an option for it bring a packed lunch yes nothing will put you in a worse mood for a recording session if you get there and realize you know x and y is closed so that food plan's gone or no one has idea of what they were or someone got you the wrong sandwich whilst you were recording i've seen many mood swings because of that and also if people have just decided to eat junk so you know Mm. they've just decided to eat biscuits and stuff like that if you're doing a few days of recording the fourth day of having two takeaways a day really starts to take a toll on your mood and uh, how you perform and everyone just feels a little bit grumpier with each other so this is the most boring thing i'll ever say on this podcast bring a salad yes yes <laughs> the least rock and roll it's 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 so yeah i'm here with you know with with x metal band hey let's all bring salads tomorrow <laughs> but it genuinely is is important you know in in i'm gonna say normal life in my normal life an occasional takeaway is great because it's really tasty and you know it's really bad for you but it's amazing but i don't make a habit of eating a takeaway every day i try and make a habit of eating healthy food and the reason why i do that is that it's better for me is that i i end up in a much more positive mood and i can actually do a lot more with my positive mood yeah some people unfortunately tend to take recording studio time as the same diet that they would have on a two-week all-inclusive to ibiza please don't yeah it's uh very much as much junk food and beer as physically possible which i would strongly recommend against also you're going to make more mess in the studio (laughs) which is maybe not a good idea um (laughs) because if you've got a messy studio speaking psychologically if nothing else it's going to impact your mood because you're going to look around and see all this mess and go oh it's going to do something to you yeah uh here's one thing that uh that I'd recommend and it's something that I use quite a lot and that's having a checklist so I'm a bit of a worry is the wrong word but I constantly check things so if I've got things that are ready to go I'll still kind of go oh did I pack that I can't remember if I packed that do I need to pack this and it turns out 100% of the time I always have Mm. but having that checklist and doing it the night before and going right okay I need my Telecaster in this case tick I need to bring this hard drive tick I need to bring spare strings. Okay, they're in that case, tick. And having that all ready to go and a fully ticked off checklist the night before or even the afternoon before. So like Phil said, you can take the evening off, go to the gym, go for a walk, do whatever you normally do, have a good night's sleep. And then all you have to do is walk out the door the following morning with all your stuff ready to go. And it's totally stress-free. Yes. That is possibly the most important idea that I've heard on this this whole thing. (laughs) Because there's nothing more stressful than getting to the studio and going, oh my gosh, I forgot this really important thing. And then the first thing you have to do is someone go pick it up. That's, that's not going to be a great start to your recording. Uh, so to, to sum up, um, preparing for the recording studio um, is vital. Don't go in pre- unprepared. Make sure all your equipment is fully set up and ready to record, wherever that looks like for your instrument. Make sure... You know your parts very, very well and make sure you are well rested. You've got a nice, healthy lunch. Yay. Um, and you've had a good night's sleep. Um, 
And if you do all that, you'll you'll be golden. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for all the practical and physical preparations we've talked about. And for me, I've noticed the theme that I think they all lead into the psychological preparations. Yes. Like having solid foundations of your practical and physical preparations will basically lead into, with the addition of a few other things, like Phil mentioned, like having good diet and putting yourself in the right headspace, will lead to you being psychologically prepared to, to go and, one, make the best recording possible, and secondly, have the most amount of fun with it. Mm. Like I know it almost sounds a bit drill sergeant-y, some of the things we've said, but all these things will allow you to be in the best space to do the most amount of recording because you require the least amount of edits, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And ultimately, have fun. Yes. And if you're having fun, you've got more shots of people smiling to put on Instagram in the studio. So, <laughs> Unless you're in a metal band. No, you've got to be grumpy. For... <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I really shouldn't say that. <laughs> If you're in a glam metal band, you've got to be very, very happy. I feel like that could be the defining difference between our genres. If people say, what's the difference? And I say, all the bands I work with are smiling on Instagram. <laughs> and all the bands you work with grumpy. are all grumpy on their pressure. Wow. That's, that's, you're painting them with a brush and I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> it's uh, not far off. <laughs> no comment. No, I, I, I'll give you that. There's a few smouldering ones of uh, of bands I've worked with. <laughs> smouldering? Wow. Yeah. There's a word. <laughs> so, thank you for listening to episode 13 of the Music Survival Guide. It's unlucky for some, but not for us. If you want to contact us, then you can contact me at phil at vortisoundstudios.com. If you want to contact Joe, you can email joe at nevisaudio.com and you can email him for the How to Prep for the Studio Guide. Um I certainly will be. Why not? Um, unless he sends it to me directly. Anyway, um, <laughs> if you want to contact us both, then we can be emailed at musicsurvivalguide at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Music Survival Guide Podcast. We've got a little community there where we are trying to grow. Please do join. And if you can drop us a review on iTunes, we would be eternally grateful. Uh, five stars, please, because we're amazing. See you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.